I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Wiley from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Breaknell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seipestein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK and you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. It's the next edition of Run with Coach Perry. I'm Brad Brown, and we've got the coach with us once again. Don't forget, if you are enjoying the podcast, it's been a quite a major change uh, from what we were doing, but uh, the response has been amazing. And if you are enjoying it, please do be in touch. Uh, you can pop us an email, support at coachperry.com, or if you'd like, you can leave us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. That really helps us get in front of uh, more people and more runners just like you. And that's what we're trying to do is help as many people as we can. Well, let me bring Lindsay in now. Coach, welcome back onto the podcast. Thanks for for joining us. Nice to nice to have you on. Yeah, it's always good to chat. And um, yeah, this this these last couple of calls have been cool. I keep getting um, ghosts from Christmas past on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast. So this one should be fun. I love it. Well, let's bring our, our guest in today, Carol Muirhead. Karen, welcome, uh, Carol, welcome on to Run. Thanks for for joining us and taking some time to to chat to us and and obviously to the coach. That's why you're here. It's got nothing to do with me. I just facilitate these things. But uh, welcome on to the podcast. Thanks very much. Carol, let's let's just delve into to a bit of your background and and uh, your running. Ooh, ha, have have you been around the sport for a while? What's what's your sort of running background and and, and running history? Uh, not very much at all. Um, I started about started in twenty fifteen after my husband's first comrades it was very inspirational. So I was one of those people who thought, um, hey, let's hit the bucket list item, and I was hoping to run comrades last year. Um, and then towards the end of 2015, I ended up having two uh, knee ops. So that's where I to to my running for a while. And then I started again about halfway through last year. All right, cool. So we've got a, a big injury injury history. Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to hand you over to Carol and uh, yeah, I'll let you do what you do because I, I think we, we can definitely help along along the lines here. Yeah, look, it's always helpful when you when you know someone. And um, Carol was one of my very good friends at uh, university. So we've uh, known each other for a long time and had uh, um, some good times. But I do know enough about it. We studied the same course we were in the, when I was at in class. Uh, in fact, Carol was almost as bad as I was. So maybe we weren't in class together that often. <laughs> no, probably not. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I do know enough. Uh, you know, as I was reading through the injury history with the the meniscal tears and um, knee ops, etc., I thought, oh, I'm dealing with a with a, a hockey player. Yeah, but turns out uh, I'm dealing with a, a very good squash player um, and also a more than useful rower during her time at at Rhodes University. Uh, so these really are old uh, wear and tear injuries. Um, when I was reading through the, the questionnaire, I have to confess to reading the reasonably serious um, list of, of injuries, in particular some, some lower back issues too. Um, with, I mean, it's a, it, it might be showing up as a bulging disc, but it actually looks like there's an actual prolapse in there. Um, and the first thing I read is that she's doing CrossFit two to three times a week. Um, so 
Look, I, I think what is important for me to highlight is that I, I do find strength training particularly important. And especially in a, a case like this where there is a fairly serious risk of injury. Um, uh, sorry, there is a, a serious uh, um, history of, of injury. Then I've, I think strength training plays a, a crucial role in ensuring that those joints are, are stable and that there's good proprioception uh, because that then reduces the the risk of further injury. The other thing that I that is very important to stress is that in a case like this where Carol has now got osteoarthritis in both knees, doing no exercise is way worse for those joints than than doing some exercise. And that includes running. You know, there are there are some people who feel like running is is bad and that you should possibly rather cycle, but the reality is that that knee, well, those knees are, are going to need replacing at some point in time. And with movement, that will be a lot longer than if there's no movement. Because if there's no movement, those joints will really start to seize up. And then the bone-on-bone contacts will be quite bad. So from that point of view, I'm, I'm quite happy that Carol has started running and that she wants to um or wants to, to, to be active. And again, knowing her from Vossi, uh, I think she'll probably be a lot happier being, being active than, than inactive. So that takes us then to some of your goals, um, Carol, and then you get a little bit of a chance to speak because this really is your opportunity to get advice. Um, in terms of the sub one hour 10K, I think that's a fairly easy target for you i can't see you having problems getting under an hour for 10 k's and you you certainly will get very close to uh, two hours for 21 um so and and six months i know you you said it's a huge stretch by the end of the year i, I don't think so i mean it really does depend on how much discomfort there is when you're running, but six months is not a long time to convert you from a 102 10. I mean, is is enough time to convert you from a 102 10 to a 21. So, have you got some specific questions you'd like to ask me? Um, and then I'll give you some some. Well, I'll answer those questions, but then also just some general advice about how to go about getting to this two hour. Uh, no, not really. So. So I hear you on the on the crossfit, uh, and it's a it's a catch twenty two because what I've found is that the the strength training so so doing the crossfit has um, in in some ways slowed me down because I'm sore when I run, but there's no doubt that the crossfit or well, the strength training itself has is actually what's enabled me to run. So I'm running certainly with my knees almost pain-free. Complete, they, my knees haven't given me a day's problem since I started the strength training. So it's okay. a, a catch-22. Like, you know. Yeah, so, so again, uh, and I must emphasize that I'm not against strength training in any way, and I do feel that in particular with, with the, the meniscal tears, and even if the, the knees weren't showing early sign of, of arthritis, it would be it's very important that you continue to do strength training two to three times a week. Um, it's just the use of the word CrossFit. So in my experience, and I know it's like everything else in life, you you get varying degrees of CrossFit instruction um, and classes and degrees of difficulty. But for the most part, uh, in my experience, CrossFit really is all about 
um, maximum intensity, maximum um, um, impact, uh, yeah. massive number of repetitions, competition with the person next to you. And I just find particularly, in fact, it's not even your knees that concern me the most in the CrossFit. It's okay. the it's the lower back. back. So yeah, yeah. No, and I hear you. And I am luckily I'm old enough and overweight enough and slow enough not to be super competitive. So I know when. So I, I am. I know when to back off, and I don't do stuff that I know is going to hurt my back. So um, yeah. But uh, on the running itself, um, so I ran my first marathon. I ran Johnson Crane and then I ran Vol. Um, both were shockers. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's where I did myself the most injury because I to be completely honest, I wasn't ready to run the marathon. Yes. Um, yeah. so yeah. and I just, you know, thought, what the hell, let me go and try. Everything was fine fell off come times. Um so I've done a couple of twenty ones, um, probably six or seven twenty ones. So the twenty one doesn't worry to you know, I can twenty one in terms of the distance doesn't worry me too much, but I'm just slow. Like yeah. I call it donkey speed. I only have one speed and it's donkey speed. So it's just really how I get how I make myself move a bit faster, really. Yeah. So look it's not just about making yourself move faster. So if we look at the running that you are doing, um, and you've obviously got some time limitations, you've got um a husband who, who probably travels a bit for work. Um, you've got kids that have to be uh, carted around. So there are some time limitations. But in the in the short term, if I look at your program, you're always going to be fine running 21s off of what you're doing. But as soon as you get longer, you're going to keep running into problems. But yeah. also, if you want to get quicker, even over the shorter distances, you will need to do a bit more running than mm. what is on you. Not not number of days. Okay. Um, uh, and if look to be honest, looking at at what time you've got available to you, that there's the the biggest change that you need to make is that you need to make that Sunday run wherever it fits in the week. Maybe Sunday is not the day that it happens, but you need to have a consistent long run. Uh, and when you're building up, in particular, once you start building up to the marathon, that run needs to get considerably longer. So um, in terms of your total cardiovascular load, the swimming is great. I would keep that in there as long as you can. Um, and the spinning class, I'd keep them in there as long as you can. Those are great bits of, of cross-training, particularly, again, with the potential to doing damage to your, your knees and lower back if we do do too much running. Um, but the Monday where you, where you spin or run, I would make that fairly consistently a run, uh, rather than a, a spinning class. And I would try and build that up time allowing, I would try and build that up to closer to 10 Ks. Sure. Okay. The, the, the Tuesday um, I would, the time trial is great, but I would then do the 5k time trial. In the, in, the, in the short term, I'm not too worried whether you run 5 or 8 Ks. But as you start to build up fitness and start looking to increase your speed, I would make that the 5K. And then I would run it pretty hard most weeks. Um, so okay. that will be your, your, your run in the week where you're going to push yourself. And then on the Wednesday, you would look again to increase that run 
um, from five to at least eight. And again, if you can get to to about 10, um, Thursday, with that being your warm-up for the CrossFit class, I wouldn't tamper with your Thursday. I'd keep that, but rather than three, keep it closer to five. And then you've got to get that consistent long run in. And what does that long run mean? Well, I'd say certainly in the short term, that run needs to be between 10 and 14 Ks. In the medium term, that run needs to be between 14 and 20 Ks. And in the long term, that run will be, depending on whether you're training for a half or whether you're training for a marathon, will be somewhere between 20 and 30 Ks. Okay. So, look, I mean, these things are um, time dependent. And as you said, yeah, you run when possible, possibly twice a month. I would say if you, if it's, if it's twice a month, you've, you've kind of got to make sure that it's, that it's then between 15 and 25 Ks. Um, but again, you need to build up to that point. You don't, you don't just throw yourself into 25 Ks from this weekend. You know, if you've, well, I know it, you've done. It'll be, it'll be easier now because um, after comrades, my husband will stop his long runs on a Sunday for a while. Okay. So it's more just, finding that time so the beginning of the year we were both running and then it gets difficult for the kids so then I kind of stopped so that he could have Sundays for his comrades long run so now that'll open up again for me you know so that that'll work great yeah look so that that consistent long run will make the biggest difference in the short term to your speed over the shorter distances yep and then in, I would say once you've been doing that consistently for, for about six weeks, that's when you can start really trying to push the Tuesday time trial. Um, and in the, in, the, in the, I would say over the course of the next two months, you should find that 5K time really coming down consistently a little bit each week. And then it'll plateau again. And when it plateaus, that's about the time where you can consider looking at doing some form of, of formal in, uh, like intervals or those kind of things. But to be honest, again, particularly with your lower back, I would, I would hold off on doing those kind of intervals as long as I, as I can. Um, and when you do introduce intervals, hills or hill work, short hill repeats will probably be the thing that will benefit you the most and provide you with the least – um, injury risk to your knees and to your lower back. Okay, so not actually the sp- the speed at which I run. It's the it's doing longer distance that is going to give me. So, yeah, because I remember. I mean, if we go back to our 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 days of university, what we're trying to do, particularly because your ultimate goal is at a twenty-one, and then at a and, and eventually actually a marathon, you want to qualify for comrades. So what, what we are trying to do is to move as fast as we can aerobically. So every time you do speed work, yes, that does improve your muscular coordination. It improves the neural pathways. It allows your legs to move, move quicker. But ultimately, it's stimulating anaerobic energy pathways, which you're not going to use when, you, when you're running fast. And the other thing is that those neural adaptations to make you run faster you are not ever going to run that quickly in a race, not even in a 5K. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So look, if I were, if we were preparing for a 5K, it would be a slightly different conversation. But for me, the the first thing would still be to put the proper aerobic building box in place. And and the other thing about doing that it that way is that the combination of the strength training that you're doing, and then the combination of the strengthening of in particular your tendons and ligaments by gradually applying this progressive overload and doing the higher volume, it'll make your joints really strong and stable. So that when it gets time, the appropriate time to start doing speed work, you will be ready to do it without hurting yourself. Okay, 100%. Okay, so longer distance, and then in six to eight weeks, can start looking at possibly some interval speed work. Yeah, that's it. 100%. 100%. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Cool. I look forward to seeing you at uh, Comrades in 2018, Carol. <laughs> no, I think um, I've started to realize I think Comrades is a bit out of my reach, but maybe I can qualify for two oceans ultra. Well, so look, think- it's a great race. So, uh, to, to be honest, if you can run two oceans, that is really a fabulous, fabulous race. So, I, I, I love two oceans. So, yeah. same applies. Well, Hopefully, I'll stage- see you there. Yeah. Hundred percent. Thanks, man. Have a good run on Sunday. Thanks so much. And the entries for for yeah. the ultra at Oceans are a lot easier to get than the half marathon entries, so it's always better to run yeah. the ultra anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, thank you for for your time today. I hope that helps. Uh, if you need any training programs, anything, coachperry.com forward slash start is uh, where you can pick up programs. But uh, Lindsay, thank you for your time as well, and we look forward to to catching up next week on the podcast. Cool. Thanks, Brad. 